Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Now let me introduce a woman who I have to take seriously because I am her husband, but I respect her so much. I want you to know I would take her seriously even if I wasn't her husband. And I can prove that because I knew her and dated her for many years before becoming her husband. Say hello to Dana Siegel. Well, that's quite an introduction. I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to have my lovely wife in the studio. And let me say again, it is the disadvantage of radio that you cannot see her and you only get to hear her. But I get to see her. I get a look at her throughout the whole show. Well, Dana, we recently got back from a trip to Texas. Yes, we did. To visit my son and daughter-in-law. We also got to see some dear friends, including my co-host, Jim Barrier, who lives in Texas, other good friends. Of course, Jim is very familiar to our radio audience. Now, the vacation itself, the visit itself was a wonderful time. I always like to start out positive. The I vacation, the visit was a wonderful <laughs> was. time. In fact, it could not possibly have gone better. That's true. Unfortunately, the plane trip out and the plane trip back could not possibly have gone worse. I should say all the red tape. Once we actually got on any plane, it was fine. And now for me, of course, the best way to deal with frustrating situations is to make lemons into lemonade. I'm very grateful to have a radio show where I can vent. Some of you out there will remember Dana and I did something very similar a few years ago after we got married and uh, took our honeymoon in Florida. When we got back, we shared our adventures in Florida. So think of today as a sequel program, (laughs) The Seagull's Adventures in Texas or Adventures on the Way to and on the Way Home from Texas, I should say. And actually, we'd have to narrow that down because the flights between San Diego and Dallas were fabulous. There was no issue. We got right on. There's just something about changing planes in Texas. There's something about Dallas that changes everything. And we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. And if anybody, if you've been there, you know it is a monstrous airport. They have uh, a I believe eight or more term full size terminals, each one huge. They're linked by uh, what they call the Skylink, which is like a monorail system that takes you around. And here in San Diego, like we have our two terminals. Woo! It's either one or two. And you can walk between them if you get dropped and, off at and the San wrong Diego one. San Diego seems like a big airport until yeah, you get to a place like Dallas. It is just tiny, tiny, tiny compared to Dallas. And they have the sprawling land. So they have just, uh, you know, fields and runways Everything's forever. Everything's bigger and, in Texas. The yes. donuts, the airports. And the airport. Yeah. So Now, we're, we're not going to mention the name of the airline because we don't want to be cruel and unfair and and cause because we've had great experiences on that airline in the past to to be fair i'm going to change the name of the airline (laughs) we're talking about shamerican airlines okay shamerican airlines that's the and i used to fly shamerican airlines for years doing evangelism trips around the country shamerican and united were two of the best airlines but boy shamerican's peculiar charm seems to elude me these days and my uncle is a retired captain from Shamerican. <laughs> yes, okay. and he is—he was an exceptional pilot and um, always had great experiences. Remember, um, folks, this is a fictitious <laughs> name. It's Shamerican <laughs> Airlines. That's what we're talking about. Yes, and so 
we get to Dallas and we have to move to the next terminal because Dallas is so huge. You never land in the same terminal you're going to take off from no matter where you're going. You've got to move to the next one. So we land, we take the Skylink over a few yeah, terminals. Which is like riding the monorail at Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. It's kind and of it's longer fun. than the whole monorail ride last <laughs> at Disneyland. It is. So much longer. And then you you reach, the, their terminals are beautiful. They're beautiful, big buildings, just spacious. Uh, they certainly have much more food offerings than we have here in San Diego. But anyway, we get there. We um, make it to our next terminal, get to our gate. Once I get to the next gate, then I'm relaxed and I'm okay and I'm just waiting for the flight. So we get there and we think, okay, yay, we're here. We've got a couple hour layover. This is great. Well, the first thing that happened is that the door about 40 feet from where we were sitting is one of those doors that is like a security door that only employees are allowed to go in and out to the internal part of the airport. And so every time something was wrong with the door mechanism. So every time an employee would go in or out within a minute, it would be a delayed reaction. This just horrific And of course, our alarm. flight's being delayed. So, so we're listening normally to we this. would have only had to listen to that for 30 minutes, but it was a couple of hours. It we was several hours. Yeah. And so every time employees going out, so it kind of got to be the joke of all the people in that gate area and the people at the desk, the employees at the desk, like everybody's trying to run for the door to get there before it would go off anytime somebody had compromised the door. And you just had to pull on it again, kind of slam it. And I kept thinking, can't they call somebody to come fix this door? Anyway, so that was a little bit of an issue, uh, but it made for some entertainment while we were there. So we're sitting there, we're listening to the announcements where planes are being canceled. And, you know, ours still isn't. It's still saying, you know, ours is taking off on time. Yay, yay, yay. And then all of a sudden we're hearing ramps are closing, planes are circling, this and that. We're thinking, what in the world's going on? Well, there is a huge thunder lightning storm. There is rain coming down the windows of the inter- terminal, just the sheets. It was it was a ton of water. The skies literally had opened up. Thunder, lightning, huge. Okay, we get why the planes are stopped during that part. This was reminding me of the plane trip we were going to take to Israel when the winds of Denver knocked some... uh, Blew the the, portable stairway stairway into the engine. engine, And then it took (laughs) two hours (laughs) to decide if they were going to cancel the flight, which of course they were always going to do. And then it was what, four days before we left for Israel? Yes, it was. But this was, uh, the thunder and lightning storm was gorgeous. And our flight still wasn't to take off for another we don't do hour. Too well at airports, and, we're, we're, uh, we have a lot of good trips. It's a lot together. of entertainment, though. Yeah, it's well, it's entertaining <laughs> later when we can talk about it. It's just we've had great road trips, but there's something about you and I on planes. I don't know. Well, we have less turbulence on star tours in Disneyland. Well, and we it's only on- certain parts. It's just here and there because yeah. legs of the trip are fabulous. And then we get to the when it goes bad. It goes really bad for some reason, instead of just being partially. Bizarre stuff. The kind of stuff really that if weird. you saw in yes. some situation yes. comedy, you'd think it was contrived and stupid and you wouldn't right. believe it. So now they say that all of the ramps, whatever those are, they kept talking about ramps. Ramps are closed due to the weather. Planes can't land. Okay, we get all that. So we're sitting there thinking it's still an hour plus till our flight leaves. So we're okay. Uh, sure enough, 20 minutes later, the skies start opening. And they start adjusting our flight. 10 minutes yeah, late, 15 exactly. minutes late. Yeah. Now it's going to be an hour. 
hour late. But even the guys at the desk were optimistic. They were saying, oh, yeah, the ramp's open. Oh, yeah, the plane's going to pull up to the gate now. And so we're hearing all this progress that it's going well. We're still not thinking anything. And then and we're still hearing about other flights being canceled, other destinations. All of a sudden, like maybe half an hour before we were originally supposed to take off, they just say this flight to Waco has been canceled. And we're even the people, even the employees at the counter were surprised. I looked at the, I was looking at them when the announcement came and they looked at each other with this puzzle like, what? Because and by that time, it was there due is no to more, weather. And there's no more thunder and lightning. <laughs> we clear. had had it, but it's, it's now blue skies and sunny yeah. when they make this announcement. So we can't figure that out. And then we talked to our kids once we finally connect with them. It was blue, sunny skies in Waco the whole time, too. So we and had Waco's, what, about no... two hours from Dallas? Uh, driving, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, the reason we were going to connect to Waco was save them a two-hour drive to pick to us pick up. Us up, which, right. of course, they were not going to have to do anyway. Exactly. So now we're in a quandary. Okay. We don't. Oh, and then on my phone, I get a text from the airline saying they are happy to rebook our flight for two days later. And do I confirm yeah, this? Two days later, <laughs> when we were planning to come home, let's take <laughs> yeah, that no. flight to Waco. We were going to be there four days, but it would have been halfway through our trip when they were finally going to get us there. And so anyway, our kids started driving from Waco and then they asked, could we Uber out just to try to connect with them so that they didn't have to drive all the way in. And then that way it just, they could drive about an hour and a half instead of the, the long way and deal with that. Before that, we were trying traffic. to get our luggage back. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that was, oh, I, I don't want to remember that part. Oh, that was not honey, we, we need the catharsis of talking about <laughs> it and the healing, which can come from getting it off of our chest. I didn't like so that So that part. we can be good Christians and forgive. Yes. Well, I, we just didn't get a lot of help. We didn't get a lot of help trying to, they just kept saying your luggage is going to wake up. They must've picked the most (laughs) uninformed, unhelpful. I know the luggage was very frustrating, but I think the next part of the adventure was even more interesting. Except that we're not done with the luggage yet. Okay. You keep going because I'm done with the luggage. Okay. Because no, you got to catch this. Okay. We we are no longer (laughs) flying to Waco because you don't have any more flights to Waco. That's correct. Not for two days. Well, we have one in two days. Yeah. But see, we wanted to get there today (laughs) and my son's now going to pick us up. So our luggage, which was checked, was going to be picked up in Waco. How do we get our luggage? Well, you can't. It's going to go to Waco. Well, why not? It's here at the airport. (laughs) We're here at the airport. Oh, well, it was put on your plane, but the plane's not going going anywhere. So somebody just goes out to the plane and takes it. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. We can't do that. And then finally, this woman was replaced with another woman who I guess was the regular woman. When we tried to ask the first woman, how do we get get our luggage back? She didn't know what to tell us. She gave us the website to track it. And told us how to do the the second second one. Yeah, the first one didn't know what on earth to tell us. No, I know. I think she was just doing the break time. I'm not sure what was going on there, but it it was very frustrating to say the least. So we discover now we have no luggage. Oh, and and the kicker to that is never before have I ever put everything in the suitcase. The one suitcase. You've always had an emergency always, change of clothes. I've always at least carried a, some pajamas, we didn't toothbrush, need it and this I thought, time. no, we're just going to Waco. We're just going to go Waco. <laughs> we don't need to put it in suit, two suitcases so this time. So everything we needed was in that suitcase. So we had a, a alternate plan to go to Target that night. They had a super Target that was open late. So we were going to go, if in fact our luggage did not arrive, uh, and at least grab a toothbrush and a change of clothes for the overnight. But we'll we did get our luggage, but we'll tell you about that later. So now we're trying to figure out how to Uber out of the Dallas airport. 
There may be a few people. Uber's still new to a lot of people. It's like taking a cab, but it's a it's a it's personalized. It's a different it's a, company. It's a private contract. Yeah, and they'll yeah. hire some college student or somebody yeah. to do it. And the rates are better than taxis. And they're quick. Typically, and they're, not and they're always easy. So, right. and we've taken Uber before. So we were going to do this, but tell so them what I'm happened. trying to. I, I'm trying to get the app in the airport. And when we're doing this, there's a group of three ladies sitting next to us and they are, they're trying to get taxis, different things. They hear us talking about Uber because we're talking to our kids and they're saying, Hey, get an Uber, do this, do that. So they're, they ask us, what's an Uber? What's an Uber? So we explain, Oh, it's, you know, it's like a private contracting car. You can get a car. You can I'm not kidding you. No more than we told them about it. They didn't even know what it was. I'm watching it on my phone. I'm trying to get it. And I keep getting and to that automated to part, the loop where you have to prove you're not a robot. So I'm picking, picking all the the scenes with cars and then it checks i'm not a robot and then it circles then back now i'm picking all the bushes and then yes and then buildings and then i'm doing road signs and i'm and i felt like i was in this twilight zone like it would it would see based on my selection I'm not a robot. It would click and it would verify I'm not a robot. And then all of a sudden, if I press to continue, we're back in this. Are you a robot thing? It was crazy. Well, fortunately, Meanwhile, well, so we're in the middle of this. And then all of a sudden, these yes, women like five minutes, who 10 later. minutes ago had never heard of Uber <laughs> said, thanks. We got an Uber. We got an Uber. It's right there. And we're they go sitting here. Out. We had told them about Uber. <laughs> we can't get an Uber. So fortunately, Bob's son is a technology whiz. That's what his degree is in. And he said, Hey, why don't you turn off your Bluetooth just for kicks and see what happens? So I turn it off. Not My son a, on the phone. We yeah. On he the wasn't phone. The They're still driving us. toward Dallas. And he, he said, take your, take your Bluetooth off and just see, took it off the, it downloaded. We had a car ordered and we are off and on our way in the next five minutes. But that was so, I think I probably did 10 of those. Are you a robot checks? I was going crazy. So we Uber out of the city. We this was like them. that movie trains, planes and automobiles. Only this was even stupider. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a stupid movie. This was even stupider and it was really happening. It, it was. And so we get out of the city um, we meet up with our kids. We have a great ride home. They're happy because they didn't have to navigate Dallas quitting time traffic. And we're just driving out in the country back to Waco. So it was uh, it was a shorter drive for them. And it, it ended up being OK. But we hated that we had spent extra money to go to Waco directly to save them time. And they still had to drive on top well, of we, that. And we were asking the luggage lady. She says, you can check in Waco to see if it arrives. I said, well, if you're not sending any planes for two days to Waco, how's our luggage going to arrive in Waco? They said, oh, well, we do have another plane at 10 o'clock tonight that's going out. So I said, well, can we get on that plane? Well, no, you can't because it's full. Well, then if it's full, how are you going to fit our luggage on? Oh, we're going to take people off of that plane. She actually and said put that. your luggage on. And, well, <laughs> I'm well, like, you're oh, no, going to take, take people, people off of the plane. Why don't you put us on? I mean... <laughs> It was just insane. Yeah, but that was the break lady. She didn't really know what she was talking yeah. about, I think. So anyway. They love so, to pick people that don't know what they're talking about for crucial situations like this. Yes, yes. So we we are in Waco now. We've had a lovely drive catching up with the kids and meeting Baxter the Beagle for the first time. Such a sweet little 10-month-old beagle that they have. So at 1030, we decided to drive over to the airport to see if our luggage made it or not. And this airport is like the airport in the sitcom Wings, 
like just minimal little sitting area. The conveyor belt, it, the luggage thing is literally a little conveyor belt that comes out of the wall in one place, goes around, and goes right back in. It's pretty, pretty simple operation. And I'm thinking, oh, on our trip back, this is a simple little airport. Yeah, Not it'll like be the com- great. It's right? going to be a real easy trip going back <laughs> with a little airport like this. Just put a peg on that. We'll come back to that. <laughs> so we did get our luggage. We did not have to buy extra toothbrushes. And we had a wonderful visit while we were there and saw a lot of really great things. The One of my favorite things, what, well, I had several favorite, but one of the favorites was seeing the live black bears at Baylor University. Yeah, here's and, a university and bears are their mascots. Yeah, so they were wonderful. We loved them. Um, that's because they weren't they run were, by Shamerican Airlines. Yeah, they were sisters and they were just so adorable. And there are students that volunteer from the science departments to help with their keeping and taking care of them. And they were just being let out for the morning. So they had, they drizzled honey on the two exhibit yes, windows. so that they would get up on their hind legs to reach for the honey. the windows. Oh my goodness. It was such a treat. And they are sisters, Lady and Joy. They, they look so had, cute. You want to just go in there and give them a belly rub. <laughs> but you, you wouldn't think those, that they'd maul you to death when you do that. Those claws are definitely scary. But no, they were, they were beautiful animals and uh, two sisters and they clearly are well cared for there at Baylor University and Baylor's such a gorgeous campus um, and they're definitely treated with uh, just great respect and honor so that was fun to see um, they've had more than a hundred bears um, on their university for the years that they've been doing this it's pretty cool that campus is unique in so many ways they also have a Browning now, library we should say we're taking a tour of this campus because my son is employed he is in campus. IT there yes he works in their department there and and uh, just uh, it's massive university. So it's a m- huge job that he's doing. But we were able to see some things um, because he is an employee there. And uh, the Browning Library is phenomenal. It's most renowned for the windows, the stained glass windows that are all throughout the library that they believe were the inspiration for the Beauty and the Beast movie, which I can and completely it it see look, once I it saw it. that way. Yeah. Yes. So I believe that was the um, library that the Beast gave her in his castle. Yes. And then the beginning storyline where they tell the story in the stained glass pictures was very similar. Yes, it looked very derivative mm -hmm. of those stained glasses. Yeah, so that was very cool. The Baylor Museum, which is also kind of dubs as the Waco Museum, like our San Diego Balboa Park is actually on the university campus. And right now they have the touring exhibit for the Titanic. Uh, I didn't see it when it was here in San Diego. It was here in San Diego in 2012, but it's now at Baylor. And it was just amazing to go through that exhibit. And uh, so we really uh, learned a lot and got to see a lot. They have first class rooms set up, second class, third class. Uh, You learn a lot about you know, how things operated, um, the protocols on the ship, just different things like that. Many, many artifacts that have been pulled up from the wreckage at the bottom of the sea. The wreckage is two and a half miles down. So it's been quite an endeavor to even bring up pieces. And so it's just amazing to really look at the pieces that were on that ship. And each one of us, before we went in, were assigned a person. You're given a card that describes one of the passengers on the Titanic. And you find out the fate of each one of those passengers at the end. And uh, both uh, Nathaniel and Bob were men. Nathaniel was a Catholic pastor, priest, 
And um, he died praying over people and doing last rites for many people. Only Tori and I survived both women. Uh, You know, Waco right now has extremely hot temperature, great humidity. So you do everything you're going to do outside in the morning. And by 12-ish, one, you are doing everything. You try to do everything indoors by 10. (laughs) That's true. But by midday, you are back in the air conditioning. And now you're you're hopping the air conditioning situation just uh, because it is so hot there. But we had a great time. We just enjoyed seeing great places and playing lots of board games, watching movies, talking um, and playing with their beagle Baxter. He's just adorable. And I think my favorite thing about Baxter, other than he's just adorable, love those beagle ears. They're the best, but was taking him to doggy daycare when we were going to on our days when we were going that to lots of music. Oh, it was so it was better than childcare. He was, well, it's the same thing just for little canines. I don't canines. understand why dogs can have so much fun just sniffing each other. I mean. Oh, they were so cute. And there's, there's like cams, you know, doggy cams. So you can watch, you can go online anytime and watch. And it was so much fun to drop. He was so excited. He was pulling Tori down the hall to the doggy daycare. And they, they, they and, leave him there all day. Yeah. So we could go and not worry about him being inside or anything like that. So um, they take him there when they're going to be gone all day and, and he doesn't get to go really often. But when he goes, he is so excited. And then what's so funny is that he's played so much all day. We're checking in. He's playing with big dogs, little dogs. We're watching them on a Yeah, cam. we're watching them. Then he uh, comes home. And then the next day, he's very happy to just kind of be laying around and being, he's worn out from his day at doggy daycare. And, uh, what's so cute is they take a nap. They have a nap time between 12 and 2. So the cameras go off. The doggies are, they do a potty session and then they put them in crates and they nap. So, I don't think they do story time, but they do just about everything else. <laughs> they might sing lullabies. But anyway, that was very, very cool to get and to meet And Nathaniel said they get two days for the price of one because he's so tired. The yes. The second day, it's like it still goes. I guess beagles, well, no dog likes to be left alone, but beagles no. especially. Uh, just, They're very social. They, yeah. yeah. And so that doggy daycare is just perfect if you need a day without your dog. Yeah, that was fun. So we had a wonderful time. And the thing is, well, both of them are doing a great job of training him. Yeah, Yeah, he's a very well-behaved Whenever When there's four people in the room and one person leaves, every time Dana would step out of the room or anybody, he would just be fixated on where they went. He had no peace till that person came back Yeah, he wanted all his people together. It's like, there's four of you. Why is one of you out of the room? It was really funny. Yeah, he's, he's a sweetie. So a great trip. So I start praying... Once we're in Texas, that our trip home will be uneventful just because it was it was crazy getting there. And I honestly, in my brain, thought there's no way it could be any worse going home because we had so much adventure coming. So I'm praying and just, you know, asking God to just make it uneventful. And so we get ready to take off and head back home. (laughs) And you know what? It turned out to be even more eventful. It it was crazy. And again, it was that leg between Waco and Dallas. Because from Dallas to San Diego, other than we weren't together, because our seat change. So here's a little tidbit you need to know. If you do not finish the flight that you have planned with the airlines, for some reason, they assume you are not 
on the flight that you have planned to come home. So because we not only we, we couldn't access the second leg of our flight, they it didn't exist. We declined the one two days later. And and I and all I got was a text saying we're confirming your flight for two days later. And blah, then we blah, go blah. into the airport and nobody's behind the desk. Yeah. So so we think that it's all going to be fine. We have no idea that our tickets have been canceled because they think we never made it to Waco. And they don't tell you they don't that because tell we didn't that. make it to Waco, they're canceling our return flight. I guess yeah. this is all done by computer. So this was a nice little surprise. We show up, there's nobody behind the desk. I finally walk up to a police officer. I say, we need our, our ticket. We can't get it on the computer. Something's not working and nobody's here. He goes, oh, you're you're just supposed to walk behind the desk and knock on yeah, the so door. Yes, you go behind the airline I said, really, counter. I go behind the airline <laughs> counter and knock on and that's <laughs> the usual procedure. So I knock on the door. The guy comes out. He tells us we don't have any ticket. They canceled your flight home. Really? And who was going to tell us that our flight home had been canceled? It was And why did they cancel it? We didn't cancel it. We paid for it. We didn't cancel it. Yeah, it it was shocking. He said, well, because you didn't take the second flight to Waco. And I said, so it's just assumed since we didn't take that second flight that we're not here. I said, you can't make this. You up. know, people are resourceful. They'll figure out. You how cannot to make this up. Like I said, if this was in a movie, you wouldn't believe it. You'd think it was stupid and contrived. Yeah. But this actually happened. But this guy, he was great. He he spent quite a bit of time on the phone. He did get our tickets reactivated, but what happened in that reactivation was that we were not able to sit together because. Our seats were gone. So we are both in the middle seat on opposite sides of the plane in different rows. But you know, I I should say, even though he was helpful, I did not have a great attitude at this time, which I want to just (laughs) freely confess. When he told us our tickets were canceled, I just said, either you get us tickets home and get those tickets running again, or I will sue this airline. But it did dovetail with my Christianity because I no longer had a Christian attitude (laughs) by the time they canceled our tickets on the way home from Waco, canceling them because we had not accepted a two-day later flight that they had canceled, and they canceled them without telling us. But of course, this was not the fault of the guy that was trying to help us. So when I told him I'd sue the airline, I would have sued the airline if he hadn't helped us, but it wasn't his fault. I shouldn't have been taking it out him. So I did repent. I proclaimed my repentance publicly over the air. Go ahead and continue the story. Yeah. And he was very gracious. Uh, What was so funny is not only is he the guy that solves the ticket problem, weighs your baggage and all that, but then he's also the one that runs behind to the next place where the little sitting area and then greets you to board the plane. So it's a, it's a small And he's also operation. the shine yeah. boy and he's the one that refills the candy bars <laughs> in the candy machine. It was cute. And their TSA pumps there- pumps your gas. The TSA there was a, was a group of just adorable ladies just all having a grand time. And uh, we're, we've got the pre-check TSA now. And I don't know if it's our gray hair. Or we just don't look threatening. I'm not sure what it is. But they were just chatting and having a great time. So we finally get on the plane. And now we're idling on the tarmac for 25 minutes. And by this time, idling on the tarmac is the least of the problems. You expect a plane to sometimes be late. These flights just being late, that, that of course, they continue to be late. It didn't matter anymore. That was nothing compared to everything else we'd been going through. And the reason we were idling is the pilot had told us they're stacked up in Dallas. So he thought it would be better if we weren't circling. So we're running, it's 105. So they're running the engines at full speed to keep the air on. Honey, you know what I like about changing planes in Dallas? 
Nothing. Nothing. So we finally take off. We get there. We land. Yay. And then I'm clocking this. I'm noticing all the time because this whole thing is pretty amazing. We taxied around that airport for 15 minutes in the plane. We started on one side and went all the way around the airport. It's like they have little roads for the planes. And they so they have, you know, little ramps. They go up and over. We went over several freeways, roadways. It's like we're out in the country in a plane just tootling along. And 15 minutes of driving around this monstrous airport, we finally pull in. Now, we think we're going to a gate. No, we're not going to a gate. <laughs> we're now like You'd inching along. You'd think that your plane would just land and pull up to a gate, right? We're inching along and there's no gate for us. Finally, I see one little one in between two huge planes. We stop, but we're still out kind of in the passing area. And I think, are they going to try to pull us in there? Well, we sat there for another five minutes. Finally, the guys with the orange flashlight wands come strolling like they are not in a hurry. And I think, well, they're not coming for us. They're expecting another plane. They're going way too slow. I'm not kidding you. Five minutes later from coming out from under the terminal to out in position, suddenly the front guy raises the two, his two flashlights and our plane turned to pull in. And I thought, is anybody here in a hurry? Like, is anybody really working? It was pretty amazing. So we get there. Well, now we also know we're going to have to change terminals again to get to the flight to go back to San Diego. So we just, we get off. We're there. We're so happy to be there. Take the Skylink to the next terminal. I said, I just want to get to the next gate get settled, check our tickets, see if there's, you know, make sure we're actually on this plane. And uh, so we get to the next gate, we're seated, we're going to get a couple little snacks, and then we weren't even going to do a meal. We're sitting there, it's maybe 45 minutes before the plane is supposed to take off, and we hear an announcement. And now one thing you need to understand about Dallas, it's such a huge airport that obviously you take a tram to get from one terminal to the other, but even when you're at the proper terminal, it's not like the San Diego airport or most airports where if you're walking to another gate like it's you're not a big deal yeah, yeah if you're if they say your plane's going to be taken off from a different gate that was a scheduled couple, couple it's minute a few walk. minutes but at dallas it could take you 15 20 minutes just to walk down 10 different gates that's how humongous this airport is it was and we were at gate 13 in this terminal and over the loudspeaker they announce our flight has now been moved to gate 28 now 13 to 28 is a significant Texas. This is 13 to 28 Texas style. Everything's bigger in Texas. Texas style, I see. So we start, and we're just thinking there is no way this is happening because up until now, it's all kind of been unbelievable even till now. But now we're thinking, okay, this is the topper. So we start walking. It's taken us several minutes. It's taken us about 20 minutes. Yeah, it has taken a while. I'm... I'm not as ambulatory as I used to be, waiting for a hip replacement. So you can imagine how it's slow the mileage, I am. honey. It's not the years, <laughs> it's the mileage. So I'm doing the best to move to this next gate. And uh, and we can hear all the other passengers with us. People are, you know, we're all walking. We can't believe this. Wow, what's going on? We get, I can see gate 26. Just when coming it's up. in the horizon. We're almost, <laughs> we're there. almost there. We're almost done. And then they come. I'm over the loudspeaker. Hey, you know what? <laughs> We're going to leave from the original gate 13 after all. 
Oh, we could have believed you could tell every single person that was on that flight that was walking because everybody was no way you can't believe this. Are you kidding me? So we all turn around. We start walking back. I, it was a good 20, 25 minutes of just walking to do the Phantom Gate 28 back to Gate 13. And then we did eventually get on the plane. We were indifferent. At that point, I didn't even ask for a seat change. We were just happy to be on. They were upgrading a lot of people to first class, but it really wasn't first class. It was just, can you take this seat? They didn't offer them anything special. The Believe curtain me, never went down. Nothing about any of this trip will ever be confused with any <laughs> kind of first class service. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob. <laughs>